0: Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us. This week, Pastor Robert talks about the old flannel grams and how we were meant to live in Dominion. Don't forget to go to our YouTube channel, The House of Praise for All People, and like, subscribe, and ring the notification bell to stay notified. Enjoy the podcast. I'm going to... uh... going to come back to where I was at whenever it was the last time I spoke. Oh, and even my Word document says welcome back. So, I don't know how long I've been gone, but I'm back. <laughs> we we've started in uh, in Genesis and I'm going through this thing on the voice and my aim in doing this is, is a couple things. One, we, we have been, those of us that have been in the church culture or the structural culture for a length of time, especially those of us that are like my age, maybe a little younger, definitely those of us that are older than me would know what I'm talking about. Vacation Bible school, Sunday school, always included a flannel graph. And everything was done on flannel graph. Well, I'm bringing the flannel graph back. I have two flannel graphs. This flannel graph represents the flannel graph we grew up with. And it's it's kind of, you know, it's, uh. And then this is the flannel graph that we're going to be developing because it's a blank slate. Because when we start talking, especially, especially Old Testament scriptures, when we start talking about the Old Testament and we start reading through it, a lot of times the way it was taught to us, when you go back and actually read it again, you're going, I don't think that's what the flannel graph said. But we were taught that the flannel graph is, in the, is the inerrant word of God. <laughs> oh, <come on. laughs> That's good. I would prefer to move back to the blank <laughs> slate and go, let's just read the scriptures and take them for what they say instead of what the flannel graph figures Say it was saying. Just remember when you fall down, just keep shouting, Glory, glory, glory to the Lord God Almighty. So in Genesis chapter one. Starting with verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. (laughs) And they were created. I want to thank... uh, Bob and Shai, they're the ones that found all these... I, I have the whole Old Testament I'm going to be able to present to you in flannel graph over the weeks ahead. The funny thing, I mean, I know you guys can't see it, but when you look real close at these two people, their eyes are all bugged out at each other. Like they don't even know who the other one is. And i am I'm assuming that this is supposed to be post eden post apple post apple post apple yeah it was right i'm telling you i have got it i have got it all the visual learners <laughs> are in love right now yeah yeah Now, just keep in mind, I'm only at this part in Genesis. So when you look up here, please see these guys naked. (laughs) So today, what I want to, just in the time that we have, what I want to kind of lay as a foundation is there's when... God created man, right? So He creates man. And the Hebrew for that word is a Shah. This Hebrew word is not singular. It's also not plural it can be either then we read that god saw it wasn't good for man to be alone so puts him to sleep he takes something from his side and from out of that he creates woman Maybe that's why their eyes are bugged. I don't know. And the Greek word for woman is isha. And when you bring that into English, when you bring the the Hebrew into English, what that actually means is... We've condensed that and called that woman, but that's what it means. So a couple of things as we, my, my point and what we're going to be looking at in the weeks ahead is this idea that God begins to move and to create things. But what he's creating, the reason he's creating things is that in his creation, there is a place for his voice, So he creates man, he creates a shah, and out of man comes this shah, and within this dynamic, his voice is going to be heard. And they have been created to hear his voice and to understand his voice. In the Hebrew... There is no, um, no hierarchical order between Asha and Isha. It simply denotes a difference. And in my view, as he has, as God has created this, and created this place for his voice to be heard, understood, and deposited and acted upon between man and woman. Then there's this place where they then can begin to bring forth the plans and purposes of God on the earth. Everybody okay so far? So I'm Verse 28, still in chapter 1, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Behold, I have given you every green plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit you shall have them for food. And every beast of the earth and every bird of the heavens and everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. So so we have these, these two, depending on what flannel graph you want to look at, So over here, we've always talked about Adam and Eve as two distinct people. That's because that's how the translators wrote it, not because of how the Word says it. The translator had to take, make a decision with those two forms of male or man and woman and decide they're singular. And maybe they were right. Or maybe what we got, what we have here is the beginning of creation. I said when I first started all this, Genesis is not a science book. Genesis is not documenting the Big Bang. And when we try to fit that into that book, You're crazy, because it was never intended to do that. The Bible is telling us the story of God and man, not the story of the universe. Although The universe appears in the story of God and man, but the Bible was never written to give us some kind of scientific agreement, even though there's places that it agrees with science, and there's other places that we do very bizarre stuff to make it fit into the story because we still believe the flannel graph and it's inerrant. (laughs) So we have humanity. I'm just going to phrase it this way. We have humanity coming forth and humanity has an assignment to hear the voice of God. And in um, back up in 28, the assignment, because um, the last time we were here, I talked about the word dominion. So we have dominion. So we're told to have dominion now, and this is where I want us to just explore a little bit today. What does dominion actually mean? What what was the assignment of dominion? I mean, God says He says I've given you dominion, and then He gives an assignment. Which I what I want us to begin to, to or what I'm going to try to begin to develop is God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? The scriptures, God hasn't changed. So where he's speaking and how he's speaking, how, he's, or how he speaks into a particular culture at a particular time is going to be how that culture can receive what it is that he's saying. He hasn't changed, but he adjusts his voice so that the people he's speaking to can hear if I'm talking to the the little one that was up here earlier today with the flag before church started, if I'm talking to him, I adjust my voice from how I talk to Pastor Bob. I'm still me. Nothing has changed about me. I adjust my voice so that the hearer that I'm trying to communicate with can actually hear what I'm trying to say. And and I'm going to show you through the Old Testament how God adjusts his voice many times to get across to a particular person or group of people what he's trying to say and who they're supposed to be. Sometimes they get it, sometimes they don't, but it's always him adjusting himself because God is always the one coming. We talk about ascending and descending and, there's, and, I'm not, and, and I agree with that, and, and I, I get what we're saying when we say that. But primarily, it's not man ascending, it's God descending. He's coming to us. He finds us where we are, whether it's finding you singular, where you are right now, finding us as a people, finding us as a planet. Jesus came to the earth and did what he did. God descended and did that right. So this idea of dominion. Couple things. First thing in dominion, we're supposed to be fruitful and multiply. I'm not going to write all that. I don't have time for it. You know what I'm saying? It's in the book. Read it. <laughs> the first thing we're to be fruitful and multiply and we're to fill the earth. So the first thing with dominion that should be a characteristic of us in dominion is there's multiplying. There's fruitfulness in what we do. I love the way Faye said it when she was here last week, right? When was it last week? Man, time is flying by. I love that her expression, and I'm, I'm putting it into my lexicon, I want to die empty. When I know I've done everything I'm supposed to do, I'm going to go home. And it's wrong of me to be stingy with what I've been given and not give it to the earth, not leave it as a deposit. Yeah. So I want to die empty. I'm like, man, that that just struck me right between the eyes. I'm like, man, that's so so good. So dominion. I, I need to be fruitful. I need to multiply, and I need to fill the earth. So our first step in dominion, the first thing God is saying to them, is be fruitful. Well, how do, how are you going to be fruitful? Now. Again, when we heard the, the flannel graph story, be fruitful and multiply just meant have kids, right? And depending on what, if I was raised in a, in a denominational structural church, I might have been told that having kids was my moral obligation in filling the earth. The more kids, the better. The more blessed you are, the more holy you are, the more broke you are. Empty. Empty. Yeah, you're empty. (laughs) And probably every parent in this room has already been to the point where you go, Jesus, I'm ready to go. (laughs) But be fruitful and multiply is more than that because he gave them charge, he said, here Here is Eden, and in Eden is this garden, and in this garden, here's work that you're going to do. There's two trees in this garden. That's for next week, but there's two trees in this garden. Well, actually, one tree's for next week. There's two trees in this garden. You're to be fruitful and multiply. If it sounds like I don't know what I'm talking about, you're right. So... How am I going to be fruitful? Well, I'm supposed to, we're supposed to, in this place of dominion, we're supposed to look at the trees and the fruit of the tree, the seed of the tree. There's a whole process that he's instructed in. Now, when I started this some weeks back, I started it by saying, from my perspective, death was in the garden. Death happened pre-fall. Because you can't have trees bearing fruit that have seed in them, and you got to get the seed out of the fruit if the fruit doesn't die. Because if the fruit doesn't die, the seed's not ready. Right? So as I said, you know, if you're walking around and you're stepping on grass or you're walking through stuff and you break off a tree branch or what? I mean... The concept that everything was in this pristine, eternal state of never changing, is can't possibly be the case because the minute that man is set into this and is told, till this, the very act of tilling changes things. Yes. Right? So if I'm going to have dominion, then I'm going to be engaged in these processes. So, again, I think the flannel graph told us before the fall, all the animals were vegetarians. Right? So you got this lion with teeth that aren't even made to eat grass. But he's eating grass because this is before the fall. And I love grass. After the fall... You know, the, the lion or the tiger looks around and goes, dang, that's a gazelle. I haven't had a hamburger in a long time. I'm about done with this whole vegetarian diet. I've been gaining weight anyway. I'm going for it. And they've been going for it ever since, right? It, I, it, it sounds funny, but isn't that what the flannel graph told us? My question is, if everything over here was vegetarian, weren't they eating things? And once I eat something, doesn't it change its composition? I mean, you know, you can, you can eat lettuce and you can expel lettuce, but once expelled, it's not a head of lettuce. I'm just just saying. So this place of dominion that we've been given, we're to be fruitful, we're to to multiply, we're to fill the earth. God in his plan of dominion is expansion. We are to be expanding. We are to be fruitful. So I'm supposed to be fruitful in what I do. So if, I, if my assignment, go into the garden and till the garden, my fruitfulness is demonstrated by going in the garden and actually tilling the garden. I've been fruitful in my labors. And in being fruitful in my labors, there's an increase that comes. There's an expansion that comes. And there's a dominion that's exercised. And I've said this before in, in, other, in other scenarios, but all of us in this room right now, wherever you live, whether you own it or rent it, you exercise some level of dominion over the place that you live. Yes. Because if you just come and sit on the front porch, and throw everything through the front door, inside. Eventually, you can't leave the front porch because you can't get in the front door. Because I never exercised dominion. So when we do the simplest of things, man was made. We, from, from the very beginning, we have been made, we have been wired that wherever we're at, we are going to move in some level of dominion, and I gave the example of, you know, being in some of the poorest countries, if not the poorest country in the world, and I watch people take dominion over this little 10 by 10 piece of land in a a hut that we built better forts as kids than what they're living in, And yet they exercise dominion, because when you walk in there, they will sweep the floor, they they wash the pots, they wash their clothes, you know, they bring home food. All those are acts of dominion. So we were intended always to live with dominion. It's It's in our DNA. We can't get outside of dominion. And as I said before, after the fall, dominion wasn't lost, but the function of dominion changed. And, and who was involved, and that's we'll get into that later. But in this case, the way dominion was to work was God would come, the scriptures are telling us, he came and he walked with them in the cool of the day. That's interesting, because if he came in the cool of the day, he would come in the afternoon. That's the cool, you know, as the day, the heat of the day begins to wane, and then, then you start to get into that, you know, evening period before sunset and the cool breeze has come and everything changes. God would come to them during that time and he would talk to them. He would walk with them because dominion, the way it was set up in Genesis, dominion is always intended to be relational. It was about God saying, I want you to hear my voice because when you hear my voice, you know my heart. And when you know my heart, you know my plans. So when you go and begin to do what you've heard, you then move with my heart as you're being fruitful and multiplying and filling the earth. Because my goal is, God's goal, is that the fullness of the earth is filled with the glory of God. Now, we, we just started today with uh, Psalms 29, where it talked about us having glory garments. And there's other places where it refers to us being filled with the glory of God, us being the glory of God, us reflecting the glory of God. There's various verses. So this idea of the glory of the Lord filling the earth, I used to think that what that meant was somehow it was just God's like, universal presence. And it's just filling the whole, the whole earth. I no longer believe that. I believe what he's really saying is, you are my glory. When you go and you fill the earth, my glory is filling the earth. That's what dominion looks like. We're glory carriers to take glory wherever we can take it leave it deposit it affect other people with it wherever we can go that's the glory of the lord filling the earth not just some cloud hovering over the atmosphere somewhere or some cloud appearing in a service that we're in and I'm not criticizing that I'm just saying I don't that's that's not this glory this glory that's being spoken about the the glory of dominion is People that carry the heart of Yahweh going in and filling the earth with his heart so that everyone can know of his goodness, that everyone can know. And if, you know, so again, for this week, it's just what is, what is glory or dominion supposed to look like and what was God giving them to do? <clears throat> So, one more thing, and maybe we'll we'll stop there. Over, over here, we've got these guys. Now, th- this is the tree that we're going to talk about later. There's another tree, which is the tree of life. And I was taught in that scenario that with these two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that They didn't eat of either one of those. And that's why God said at the fall, I've got to take you out of the garden and seal it because if you eat the tree of life, you're going to live forever. The scripture does not say that. I think what was happening, they were eating the tree of life every day. It was the source of life. That's why they ate the tree of life. They weren't forbidden from eating it. So in the very beginning, if I'm going to walk in dominion, if I'm going to be in the dominion that God had intended, then out of dominion, which I'm just going to call uh, my ass- my assignment. If I write really bad, you don't really know whether I'm misspelling or not. Huh? If dominion is my assignment, the tree of life... Forget about it. is my position. Which is why Jesus said, unless you're willing to eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part with me. because He is the tree of life. If you can't eat of this tree, you have no part of me. And when we live in proper dominion, my assignment always flows from the tree of life, it flows from the voice, it flows from Him speaking to me, it flows from me having that relationship with Him where I walk with Him. And I'm having my senses trained to hear, and to follow. We'll talk about a corrupted dominion later, but this is the kingdom dominion, and this is what has been brought back. This is where our assignment is today in the new creation. I've become a new creation. You've become a new creation. But what does it mean to be a new creation? What happened there? It means I now have the the capacity and the understanding to live in this realm between the tree of life and the dominion that comes out of the tree of life. And then I have the ability to take the fruit of the tree of life, which is the fruit of the Spirit. I have the ability to take the fruit and then give that away so that others can benefit. When it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, that term fruit means plucked fruit, not hanging fruit. An apple on a tree doesn't nourish anybody but the worm that's in it. The apple that's taken down and given now becomes life to the person that receives it. So our fruit, as believers, is always to be plucked fruit. We are In a sense, we are the trees of life. Ezekiel talks about the river that flows out from the throne of God and on both sides of the river are the trees whose leaves are healing to the nations 12 months out of the year. You are that tree, those trees. It's your leaves that are designed to be the healing of the nation. It's your leaves that the nations are looking for. We can all get mad and yell at all the politicians, which they like by the way. We can all buy into that whole thing. But what the world's looking for, what the world's waiting for, what the world's hungry for, is for us to bear fruit in 12 seasons of the year so that we become healing to the nations. That's what dominion looks like. But dominion doesn't mean I get 100 acres and I fence it in with no trespassing signs all the way around it. Dominion means I'm a tree that's strong, that's sturdy, that can withstand the storms of life, and I bear fruit 12 12 months a year with the invitation that says, Whosoever will may come. That's what the minion is.